Hey everyone, it's Harmon. Welcome back to Comedy History 101. We have a brand new episode today on the German episodes of Monty Python. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. But first, a few plugs. I'll be performing September 20th at the Kennedy Center as part of the Reach Opening Festival. I'll be doing two shows, 7.30 and 9 p.m. with my show, Jokey Also, I have a brand new book out. It's called Tribe Spotting, Undercover Culture Stories, all about my exploits going out undercover in disguise and infiltrating extremist groups in America to find out what makes them tick. Order it today on Amazon. And without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. And now etwas ganz anderes. Foreign but yet familiar yes. is how I describe that yes. clip. <laughs> Foreign but yet familiar. I was just going to say, and it's the same that he said now for something completely completely different. And now for yes, something, okay. something else. Scott, so what language did he say that in? Hey, he's talking German. Now, although, Harmon, this is breaking news. Um, I did take my German test today um, to pass out of it, and um, I actually failed miserably. So I don't know how much, um, I don't know how, how authoritative I can be on the subject now. Well, you can lead us in because uh, today's episode is on the two German episodes that were filmed of Monty Python. Yes, two episodes were filmed in German. Scott, do you know how it's pronounced in German? Uh, Monty Python's Fliehlinger Zirkus. You fail your exam. And yes, (laughs) you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in German? No, we school you in comedy. I, of course, am Harmon Leon. With me, of course, um, who I thought would be be an asset to the team, no, but now obviously I'm a, not. I'm a detriment now. <laughs> Coming all the way to us from Berlin is, yes, Scott Kalanico. Scott, how are you? Hello, Harmon V. Gates. What? What? I don't understand those words. Could you maybe spell them out phonetically so I could read them back much like they did with the first episode of the German version of Bonnie Python? Yeah, that's okay. I I don't understand them either, at least according to the German language authorities. Ah, How long have you been in Germany, Scott? You've been there almost two years. No, no. Year and a half. It's about a year. Not even a year and a half. A year and a quarter. So, Scott, I'm going to take you back. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. Can, you, can, you, can you give us some sort of theme sort of music that you can emulate with your mouth, like in going back music? Yeah, like, Ooh, like a Doctor you know, Who. I do like the Doctor Who theme. So, Scott, the year is 1971. Money Python, the popular British TV show that I, I would say changed the face of comedy as we know it today, has already filmed two seasons. So guess what happened in 1971? Um, I don't know. The Pythons went to Germany? 
Of course you know. We've been researching this and put all this information onto a Google Doc. You know that the Pythons went to Germany and filmed two 45-minute episodes of Monty Python's Fliegender Zirkus. Yes. Am I saying that correctly? That's, that's, I don't know. But you know I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little let down from the whole whole thing, but yeah, sure. Well, this is how you get back. So if, let's say, okay, so Scott, let's say, all right, it's 1971. Fleelinger Fleelinger Turkus. Okay, so it's 1971. Let's say I am John Cleese or Graham Chapman. Um, We've agreed to do two episodes of Monty Python in German for West German television produced by WDR. So how would I say Monty Python's Fleegendor Zirkus? Well... The Pythons actually did, uh, so like I said, they did two 45-minute episodes of Monty Python's Flying Circus, and for the most part, uh, almost all the sketches were entirely written for German television, so they weren't really rehashing anything old, but except for one bit, we'll get into later. Um, The Pythons, uh, none of them spoke English. (laughs) They all spoke English, that's what I meant. None of them spoke German so, so what they did was they, they taught the Pythons each line phonetically so they could do it in, in German television. So, right. Scott, how, how did this all come about? Well, it came about because there is a certain German producer by the name of uh, Alfred Bolick. Uh, he knew about hmm. the Pythons, thought that they were great, and um, he thought that they might they might be a hit in Germany. He thought they might they might work okay. Um, so what he did was flew over to London. He met the Pythons in the BBC pub, which apparently is a thing. They said, all these mm-hmm. guys they have their own pubs, and over the course of a few gin and tonics, apparently many gin and tonics, the legend goes, uh, mm. he kind of sold them on the idea of coming over to Munich and filming um, uh, the TV show. That's right. And so uh, Alfred, uh, I pronounce it Belok. He's actually, I think this was one of his first gigs, uh, but he, he he went on to be like a prolific. German TV producer? Am yeah, I right? Yeah, he's still around. He actually, um, he's got a cooking show. He had a cooking show on for a while where the kind of the running gags, he'd always wind up getting a little sauce by the end of the show. And he, But he'd have like, you know, big stars on it and stuff. Like Maximil- Maximilian Schell. Mm, and, and Klaus Kinski and Natasha Kinski. I'm sure both of those two. But, Werner uh, Herzog? Yeah, Werner Herzog, maybe. and um, Vin Vendors, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Dennis Hopper, when he's over here in Germany. Uh, filming uh, The American Friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good Vin Vender movie. I yep. uh, really like it. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, like you said, uh, he, went, oh, he was a fan of Monty Python. Uh, he pursued the group. He went over. Uh, he bought, according to, I think, Terry Jones... Trays and trays of gin and tonics. The the pythons were they were a little bit reluctant at first. But what 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 um, Beluk liked about uh, the pythons that they didn't have in German television was not only were they you know great writers uh, and great comedians as well, but they were also really good actors, which uh, according to him was a rarity on German television at the time. Right. Exactly. Um, I think one of the things the um, one of the eponymous stories about the uh, that first meeting was that one of the waiters in the BBC pub saw all the glasses they had left from the gin and tonics and thought that like a coach tour had come through. Coach meaning bus, the UK version of bus. 
Yeah. So uh, basically, according to Terry Jones, uh, he eventually beat them in submission with trays of gin and tonics. Yes. So Terry Jones says uh, the pitch, what she gave him is, we want you to do silly things in Germany because there's not enough silliness on German television. Yeah. Um, I think Eric, Eric Idle's quote on that is that um, he said, the Germans came to us and said, look, we haven't got a sense of humor, but we understand you do. Can we can we use yours? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. But um, yeah. let's put this into a little historic perspective. This was just a mere 26 years after what, Scott? Uh, uh. <laughs> It was 26 years after World War II. After World War II, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, essentially, you know, uh, Germans were still kind of, you know, shell-shocked and dazed. But, uh, you know, this producer, Bullock, he understood Monty Python and, and, you know, finally, you know, wanted them to, you know, translate their humor to German television and a quote which uh, Michael Palin says, uh, you know, the stereotype of Germans is that Germans don't have a sense of humor, but they were the first, uh, one of the first cultures to actually really get, you know, outside of Britain to actually really get the pythons, you know, mm-hmm. and they got them so much that they actually pursued them to come over and film episodes for German television. So they were reluctant, the pythons, but they, they eventually agreed uh, to go to Munich and explore the options. Yeah, I mean, they went over. Then they went over. Um, this is uh, seventy one, seventy two. So what's interesting? What's going on in Munich in nineteen seventy two is the is the Olympics, which is a big uh, a big deal. So a lot of the sketches are going to wind up being about the Olympics or kind of have some kind of Olympic theme. Yeah, along with that, it was the five hundred birth five hundredth birthday of painter <laughs> Albrecht Durer. Okay. Who also ended up in uh, some of the sketches on, or one one big sketch. I think it was, uh, what was it? It was uh, Anita Egbert sings Albert Yes, Stewart exactly. Was <laughs> one of the sketches. Wir fangen noch einmal an mit einer Würdigung seines Lebens und seiner Werke. Gesungen von Anita Egbert. Oh, Albrecht, Albrecht, Dürer, du reitest durch die Lande. Oh, Albrecht, Albrecht, Dürer. Du hältst mit deiner Banda, gefürchtet von den Bösen, geliebt von allen Guten, Guten, du Dürre, Albrecht, du. So, I, I, the big problem, though, was, um, you know, Michael Palin showed up, and he got the script, and he said, uh, okay, where's the English translation of this? <laughs> so for some reason within the negotiations it wasn't quite clear to all the pythons that they would be doing this show in German and so Michael Palin came back with the quip uh, I don't speak German and I think uh, the producer came back with the quip is well you better start <laughs> learning yeah it's in the contract yeah, and here's something. So, again, the first episode, and again, there's only two episodes, both 45 minutes, I guess they call them specials, was um, the first one is they had all the Pythons do all the lines phonetically coached to them in German, and the second one, they did it all in English, and they just dubbed it. 
Right. But it, it didn't occur to him on the first one, uh, you know, that Michael Palin brought that up, you know, could, can we just, you know, dub the show? And they came back with, uh, you know, no one would, would understand it mm-hmm. if, if they dubbed it. Yeah. So, you know, that's why we at least got some new, fresh Python material that, you know, hadn't been seen, kind of got uh, buried for a wh- little while, at least, at least in the U.K., Exactly. So the first episode, uh, the translator's name was uh, Thomas Wokowicz. Okay. <laughs> so the first episode was ri- written in English uh, by the Pythons and then translated uh, by uh, Wokowicz. And Michael Palin recalls translating humor within this uh, transnational, trans international production, especially you know based on comedy idioms was generally a challenge. And again, none of the Pythons could speak German. So, you know, a lot of the jokes were sort of lost in translation. And especially what threw off the first episode was, um, you know, again, all the Pythons were, you know, phonetically transcribing all the skits, uh, which they had to learn by heart, which also threw off, like, all their comedy timing. Yeah. Er war wirklich seit fünf Jahren nicht auf der Toilette. Fünf glückselige Jahre, da wirst du zusammen glücklich war. Yeah, I mean, they're actually not that, you know, I'm certainly not an expert, especially after failing my test today. But um, you can actually tell that, like, Cleese is actually pretty good. His German is actually pretty good uh, and sounds... Um, German, whereas opposed to some of the actors, you can just you can kind of tell they're piecing it together. Ich züchte jetzt schon seit zehn Jahren Ärzte. Ich besitze eine prima Herd von Geburtshelfern und Kurzhorn Gynäkologen. Yeah, it's so funny. So um, what I read was, uh, you know, uh, John Cleese and Michael Palin, uh, you know, delivered their lines, you know, well enough so they could be understood by uh, native speakers, but um, all the other Pythons had such thick accents, especially Terry Jones, who, um, as you know, Scott, is from Wales. Yes. He's from Wales. Wales. Like our friend Miles, Miles. from Wales. Wales. Um, they, they, were, they were so hard to understand, even with them being coached phonetically, that they had to have German subtitles over their German. Yeah, that's kind of like sometimes when you'll see... Um, you know, from our friends in Scotland, where they sometimes laugh to, to, to uh, subtitle their their uh, Scottish English with uh, you know English subtitles. One of the sketches that did that was uh, a callback was they had the Pythons do um, the legendary lumberjack song. Ich bin ein Holzfäller und fühle mich stark. Ich schlaf des Nachts und hab am Tag. Hier ist ein Holzfäller und fühlt sich stark. Hier schläft des Nachts und hat am Tag. Ich fälle Bäume, ich esse mein Brot. Ich gehe auf das Wetter. Am Mittwoch gehe ich shopping, Kaukeks zum Kaffee. Yeah, what 
why don't why don't we kind of break it up? So like that was the first the first the first episode or the first special, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, and that was the one that was all in German, where the guys doing their own um, German uh, doing their their lines phonetically, which uh, lent it kind of a weird feel, as we said. And the other, the other thing that was really interesting about both of these is that they were mm-hmm. all they're all filmed. There was no, like, a lot of the other Monty Pythons that we're used to seeing were done in the studio with video, and these were all film. Yeah, that's that was a point I noted is and uh, kind of an essential thing. Like, you know, we uh, we don't like, uh, you know, laugh tracks put onto comedy shows, but, you know, like, when they did the British series, they're filmed in front of live audiences, and you would get the laughing. And also, like, that studio look. Yeah. Of like kind of the lighting and stuff just kind of lent itself where somehow um, all these were filmed on location with, uh, you know, no audience members laughing. It kind of just created like a distance from the uh, sketches, didn't you think? Yeah. And, and then there's one. I can't remember which one. It did. I think it's believe it's in the it's in the English language one. So the second one where I know it's just filmed really oddly. Like there's like a there's like a panel show on a TV mm-hmm. and there's there's way too much headspace at the top. It's just like who who's filming this? Yeah. And I guess I'm. Something maybe we could take an edit point here, but did they have the same um, British director like throughout the uh, British series? Yeah, Ian McNaughton. And, we, yeah, he worked. He he ah, he's credited in a couple of the shows at the end. Yeah. Ah, but he didn't go over to Germany, so they had a different director do it. So again, that's like another aspect of it is kind of like being the eighth Python, the director. Yeah. Kind of like being the George Martin to the Beatles. Yeah, actually, I think they were kind of. There was another. There was somebody was bringing. There was a really good that really good. Um, inter- the BBC did a good interview about this, and there was somebody that was called the Eighth Python. In addition to who was beyond. Uh, no, there was another one that was beyond. Because he's called the seventh. He's called the seventh Python. Yeah, uh, Neilans, then, uh, By the way, is uh, the guy who did uh, all the music and uh, for Monty Python. Yeah, and, uh, co-creator of the Ruddles for, yeah. for our, our listeners. And, and they could learn more about him on our episode on Rutland Weekend Television, a TV series he did with Eric Idle immediately after Monty Python. Check now, it out on iTunes. Maybe that was them. I maybe I just didn't understand them because because they also mentioned um, uh, Douglas Adams. You know, because Douglas Adams was kind of uh, really the Hitchhiker's Guide to the yeah. uh, Galaxy. Yeah, really? he, yeah, he wrote a couple episodes. Of uh, yeah no did, did did not know that yeah and so uh, yeah no that was Ian McNaughton is the same director they had in the UK who did the German episodes oh so they brought over the UK director yeah. for these episodes uh-huh. oh yeah. okay all right yeah but I think it was just something about um, you know studio lighting it, it just you know yeah, that just look doesn't... has just more of a sense of immediacy and you connect to where it, like where it even though it's from like the sixties early seventies it feels like it was just filmed. You know, it just has a different energy to it, especially with the audience there. Yeah, um, I just want to point out, the only reason I can tell that that was Ian McNaughton who did the show is because I was able to read the credits in German. So, you know, even though it ah, did... Even I though did. You, you flunked your, your exam today, he's <laughs> been bad. Yeah, I was able to uh, decipher the credits enough to lend some kind of productivity to this episode. The, the episodes, both the specials ran in 1972. I believe the first episode or special 
ran in January 1972, and the second episode aired in December 1972. Scott, do you know the reaction from the first uh, special, the first German special? I think, okay, I think I will throw this out here if we did our research. Um, the critics were, uh, it was mixed reviews. The thing is, about a lot of the critics were, were giving it a, a big thumbs down, and they, they didn't care too much for it. But then when they did, the, they turned to the audience surveys, um, it, the, that was really interesting because it's, they found out that 8% of the show, of 8% of the audience found the show to be very good, uh, <coughs> showed to be very good. 15% found it to be bad, and 43% found it to be good. So that's over than half the audience thought it was, you know, thought it was worthwhile, thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, the producer recalls that the first show was an absolute flop. Uh, in his words, it cannot be stated differently, as well as in terms of viewership, and especially in terms of reviews, but the audience quite liked it. And the fact that the Pythons were kind of doing really bad German and phonetically sort of <laughs> added to its, uh, its eccentric charm. Yeah, I mean, I think in particular um, the Bavarian restaurant sketch was kind of was kind of a good example of that where it was just um, it's them doing different variations of bad German. Cleese doing his kind of passable German, but then, but then Graham Chapman coming in there and doing an American trying to do bad German. So it's very, it's, it's a combination of a lot of different levels of bad German. Was heißt das Jenseit von guten Bosen? Es ist wunderbar. Good. This is what we're looking for, dear. Dürfen wir Ihnen den Mantel abnehmen? Oh, bitter. But the producers, you know, um, well, I guess what it was, what confused people was, well, Python humor, which, you know, it, it, a lot of the sketches just don't have punchlines. Mm -hmm. And for the older German audience, um, it kind of just wasn't their sense of humor. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, there I mean, probably, could you say, could you translate this into German? You kids with your rock and roll and your money <laughs> python, get out of my yard. Can you translate that into German? Kind, kinder mit, mit ihr Rockmusik. <laughs> Aufweg mein yard. <laughs> mein Garten. Yeah, so again, you know, what was, didn't translate, but, you know, eventually was found charming by the German audience was, uh, you know, the... A lot of the humor didn't translate because it was just Python sketches, you know, being translated by a you know a German translator. Um, you know, it, it was very different than traditional you know German sketch comedy. Uh, you know, so just just you know, it was it kind of blew some minds. Is, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah, what's really weird is if you watch the second episode, which is the one that was in English. Uh, of course, those guys are all speaking English, and they're our usual Monty Python friends. But then, anytime they have to use a prop or like um, relate to mm -hmm. like something within the sketch, you know, with words on it, the words are all in German. 
So, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. what what you see on YouTube is the because they ended up dubbing that right. that episode. So what you can find on YouTube and we'll post on our site, Comedy History One Hundred One, is the pre-dubbed version of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's but it's also funny. Like in the first episode, is uh, there is a lot of smelly Frenchman jokes, which I <laughs> guess <laughs> that translates into oh, yeah. that's, any that's country. Uni- that's universal. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a Frenchman all my life, and I've only once been to the lavatory. Yes, I can vouch for this. I have papers here to show that he is a Frenchman, and this certificate here, which says that he has not been to the toilet depuis cinq ans. He has not been to the toilet for five years. Yes, it is true. He has not been to the toilet for five years. Um, again, uh, one sketch other than the uh, lumberjack thing that ended up living on outside, written specifically for the first episode, was the uh, Silly Olympics sketch, which ended up in the Python concert film live at the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, here we are at the start of the first event of the afternoon, the second semi-final of the 100 yards for people with no sense of direction. Uh, I'll just give you the competitors. Lane 1 is Kolomoski of Poland. Lane 2 is Zadopatik of France. Lane 3, Grobovich of the United States. Next to him, Drabble of Trinidad. Next to him, Fernandez of Spain. And in the outside lane, Borman of Brazil. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? And now- yeah, and that's where I think I've seen that... Um- the philosopher's football match was also they showed at the Hollywood Bowl in between the sketches, and so those became a little bit more well known. I'd seen I'd seen a philosopher one before. Yeah, I do believe I saw that one as well, which was just uh, Greek philosophers playing a football match, soccer for our American listeners, right. um, against uh, uh, German philosophers, mm-hmm. which is a pretty funny sketch. Yeah, it was a good. That's actually a pretty good one. With just over a minute left to replay on Tuesday, looks absolutely vital. And there's Archimedes, and I think he's had an idea. Eureka! Archimedes out to Socrates. Socrates back to Archimedes. Archimedes out to Heraclitus. He beats Hegel. Heraclitus, a little flick. Here he comes on the far post. Socrates is there. Socrates is in. Socrates has scored. The Greeks are going mad. The Greeks are going mad. Socrates scores. But beautiful cross mark of Eden. The Germans are disputing it. Hegel is arguing that the reality is merely an a priori adjunct of non-naturalistic ethics. Kant, by the categorical imperative, is holding that ontologically exists only in the imagination. And Marx is claiming it was offside. But Confucius lands them with the final whistle. It's all over. But again, it's just like, I didn't really know there was a German Monty Python up until um, recently when my friend Chris said, over a beer, there was the two, you should do an episode on the German Monty Python. So All right. well, k- kudos to you, Chris O'Neill. Thanks, off thanks, Chris to O'Neill. Our, our friend Chris. So another bit of, of, of funny uh, uh, trivia was... Um, so again, like I said, this was just a mere uh, 26 years after World War II. And whenever like a fellow Monty Python uh, 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 cast member was maybe crossing <laughs> the line into inappropriate uh, joking about Hitler, uh, the catchphrase was, uh, um, excuse me, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, <laughs> excuse me. So, so that, there was like times when uh, John Cleese would... Uh, Blurt that to Michael Palin, who like 
came dangerously close crossing the line. I forgot what sketchy was, yeah. but Michael Palin had sort of, we'll just call it a Charlie Chaplin mustache. Yeah, um, <laughs> there was, because those guys do love making fun of Hitler. Like, there was that one kind of classic, the Mr. Hilter, Mr. Hilter sketch. Um, well, the, yeah, and then there's, like, John Cleese from Faulty Towers. You yeah. know, don't mention the war! Yeah. That, you know, one of the great, I would say that's one of the great classic sitcom moments of, course. of all time. yeah. yeah. Oh, and just another funny thing about uh, the translation, like when they started filming, uh, like in their in their uh, script, like one of the phrases in, in the script was uh, to scare the shit out of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, he scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So <laughs> their German translator, like literally like translated that where <laughs> they're like uttering these lines like phonetically. It was like. You have made me take a shit and yeah. become scared. Yeah, that's like we're gonna we're gonna make you shit, shice. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> and and, and uh, Michael Palin just recalls just the German crew just like looking at him like who, what are these people doing? Yeah, well that that was from that the that that Bavarian sketch, and they also said that's the one. Like if you're gonna watch any one of these ones to kind of get the feeling for it, that's the one I'd watch. You know, because that's what them all they're all trying to do their German accents, and the Graham Chapman doing a bad American doing a bad German accent, and then on top of that, the story was that they 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 didn't close the rest. Like, they filmed at an actual restaurant, and they didn't mm-hmm. clo- they didn't close the restaurant when they were filming. So people were still ah. coming in and, and and watching them film. Sie nehmen Platz in Bavaria. Ja, in Bavaria, wo die Bäume aus Holz sind. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you can you see it in the in again? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't saw that sketch. Can you see people like looking at the camera? No, or anything it's not like, like it's not like in uh, Caddyshack where you can see everybody doing blow in the background. That was that was good. Well, tell us about that. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> you saw that the the in the because we we covered National Lampoon. Uh, that was in that um, the National Lampoon documentary. Ah, right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. they do some kind of, they, they do a screen cap, they do like a screen freeze gra- freeze frame, and uh, there's one scene in Caddyshack where you can literally see people in the background doing lines of coke. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, well, you mean Ted Knight? <laughs> no, not Ted Knight. Um, I think it's a, it's a scene where, but it's in the scene at the, in the country club where they're all having dinner and stuff, and the people in the back table, you can see them. Um, doing lines of coke off mirrors and stuff. Yeah, because uh, Caddyshack was it written or co-written by Doug Kenny. Yeah, Doug Kenny is co-written, directed by Harold Ramis. You can find out all about it at, on our National Lampoon episode here on Comedy History One Hundred and One, and also Perfect. also our Caddyshack Two episode. Yeah, you can find out about the worst sequel of all time. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's talk about the sequel to the German Monty Python, which was, uh, again, so they figured on the second episode, you know, got some sort of favorable reaction that they decided just to, okay, Pythons, why don't you just record it in English? So the aforementioned, the aforementioned issues with German accents and timing would not be a factor. Yes. So again, we talked about the Philosopher's football match. That's like, you know, again, that's one of their classic bits that uh, 
um, you know, became a fixture and was seen in Monty Python live at the Hollywood Bowl. Also, the hearing aid sketch, that was very much like, it's kind of like a cross between the argument sketch and the dead parrot sketch. Good evening. I'm interested in buying a hearing aid. I'm sorry? I'm interested in buying a hearing aid. I didn't quite catch it. I want to buy a hearing aid. Ah. Um... Hang on just one moment, so I'll just switch the radio off. I'm sorry, sir. Now, uh, what was it again? What? What was it again? I can't hear. I mean, I mean, some good bits. I mean, the silly, of course, the silly Olympics is just kind of the take on the uh, their uh, twit of the year contest. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, oh, here's something interesting. The hearing aid shop sketch was actually uh, on the second show was actually featured on at last the 1948 show. Wasn't that David Frost? Um, I think yeah, was the producer that, that was the one that like the group of pythons. Wrote yeah, on. yeah, that's like I think John Cleese was on that one, maybe. Yeah, it was Cleason Chapman, yeah. and because Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin were on one show, yeah. and Cleason Chapman were on another know. show, mm-hmm. and I think Terry Gilliam might have been with the in the uh, Michael Palin, Eric Idle camp. So, um, what was the last sketch? There was the last sketch in in the second episode yeah. where it, it took place in the medieval times, and there was like a king and all that, and Eric Idle was jousting a dragon, like a very tiny dragon. Yeah, it was like the dragon sketch, and it was, it was actually kind of long, man. That thing was almost, almost 10 minutes or something. And, uh, yeah, but the thing is that we both noticed noted this, is that's kind of, you can kind of see them kind of gearing up for uh, their filming on the Holy Grail, considering how this is all. Yeah, like, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I, I just thought it was like that was and again I think the Holy Grail was like 1973 1974 yeah, so they would have, this is they 72 have, yeah they would have started filming like probably right after not too long after this yeah so again I think if you watch this you can see seeds of Monty Python and the Holy Grail especially when Eric Idle is jousting a very tiny dragon yeah well and there's a couple there's a couple bits in there where you know it's like the uh you've got the king of the, the the princess in front of the crowd and people in the crowd are talking back with you know crazy english accents which is kind of like the you know burn the witch and that that whole that whole thing yeah and again th- that sketch was written specifically for you know the german uh can you pronounce it once again scott <laughs> monty monty pythons monty pythons Feeling good cir- circus. Yeah, and again, what's interesting about that is, you know, comedy and everything is a movable feast. And so the hearing aid sketch originally came out of, at last, the 1948 show. And, you know, did you know, like, the Dead Parrot sketch actually came out of one of those predecessor shows that um, John Cleese and Graham Chapman worked on. And it was actually about not really trying to sell a dead parrot, but a I was about selling a used car that was like, you know, broken. Right. Yeah. You know. So again, it's just like you know, you're building on the shoulders of other previous writing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also there was like ten seconds of sex, which was you know later shown in series three of uh, the Flying Circus British TV show. Uh, but Scott, how 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 did how did the the, the second in in one of the only two. German 
specials of Monty Python. How, how did it end? We, we, we were talking about the musical. We, we were, yeah. Oddly enough, I was watching this till the very end after the uh, dragon sketch, and I was like, hmm, that music sounds familiar. And we, it was none other than um, uh, the Benny, it was uh, Yakety Sax, a Benny Hill theme. Which is not yes. called it's it's Booth Leonard Bo- Benjamin Hillstein. Yeah, his is, real name. No, really? it's not. It's, it is no, not it's not his real name. Uh, no. Yeah, no, actually, no, it is. It is called it is called Yakety Sax by Boots Randolph. But yeah, so it was the the Benny Hill theme at the end of the Monty Python TV show, and Benny Hill had been using it first. So it's like that's a, ah, a that's of, that was going to be my second yeah. question is like when did the Benny Hill I, uh, show start? I double checked on that, so it's actually started like nine. This is another episode. That's a whole another mm-hmm. episode. That's a, yeah, but that's uh, I think it started like fifty nine. I was doing some reading about it. Yeah, he'd been around for a while. And that and that wow. and, and Yakety Sax was a hit in nineteen sixty three. So Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting to see, but you know, I guess it's public domain. Just gotta yeah. license the music. Right. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean I don't think that's, any, that's not public domain, but uh not public domain, but licensable. Oh yeah, license yeah, you can use it. Yeah. Once that you pay money for it, you can have it, dude. That's right. And that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Scott, any other takeaways from Monty Python's Fliegender Zirkus? Uh, I think this is another um, it, it, kind of a roots program where you can see roots of the stuff they're going to do in Holy Grail, them kind of tr- having the opportunity to try some new things, but um, maybe winning a new audience. But overall, um, not really working. Not for me. Yeah. Ca- a couple of gems in there, but overall doesn't really do the job. Yeah, two things is uh, especially watching the second one in 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 English is man, almost every sketch is like ten minutes long. Yeah, they're like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's no brevity. It's just like all right, that's kind of long. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> and the cartoons are pretty good. I mean it's, you get your usual because uh, uh, that was that was the funny thing I noticed in. Um, in the second one where they're doing it in English and then they have the cartoons in English but then like we were talking about before there's one sign there'll be like a road sign that's in German when you, when yeah. you see it yeah but I guess I guess my takeaway is it's kind of surreal uh, you know especially in the uh, first special just to see Monty Python at the age where they were at the top of their comedy prowess kind of doing Pretty unfunny sketches <laughs> yeah. for forty five minutes. Yeah, I know that's that's kind of the weird thing. So, uh, uh, yeah. but again, it, it was a comedy experiment. Yeah, you know, they were brought over, they were asked to do it, and they took the challenge, and things evolved into other things, and you know, led to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and you know, some of the pieces lived on and appeared in Live at the Hollywood Bowl. So. Kind of just an interesting uh, footnote in the Monty Python history. Yep, exactly. And with that, my friends, it's time to plug away. Oh my god, thank you, Harvard. So are you, are you using the music now? I use uh, my possibly, my or or just a a big studio reverb. Too. Okay, cool. All right. 
that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, man. There's so lots of stuff going on before, right now. As uh, Harmon uh, said, uh, we've been working on a short film called Everything You Want to Know About Sudden Birth, but we're afraid to ask. That is on the festival circuit going strong right now. Uh, a couple places where you'll be able to catch that is if you're in Australia at the Victory in Sydney Underground Film Festivals. Um, ah, good day, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think we did this last. Well, That's we not a knife. Skip over That's that. a knife. Last time. Yeah. <laughs> so they're still there. We'll be playing in a uh, uh, festival in Mexico, um, a festival in Canada. Uh, I just heard from another one in France and possibly one in Bogota, Colombia, which will be very cool. Um, but the big, oh, nice. the big thing, if you're in Austin, Texas, we'll be screening at the world-famous... Uh, Fantastic Fest uh, held in Austin, Texas. So that's really cool. Oh, what what time of the year is that? That's going to be in like two weeks or next week. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can check out all the information at my site, scottcolonico.com, for more information. scottcolonico.com slash suddenbirth to find out more. Um, and this is a big thing. What, what, what happens Wait. if they check at scottcolonico.edu? Oh, dude, I don't have no idea. But also, Harmon, <laughs> I wanted to uh, – Harmon and I also have another podcast called This is the President. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but watch out because we're about to start going crazy again. Also, you can you can find us on our YouTube channel for that. This, this is the President, and we've been putting up lots of presidential videos, so be sure to tune in and subscribe. Nice. And for me, hey folks, I'll be performing at a little known venue in Washington, D.C. called The Kennedy Center. Girl. Yes, I'll be. <laughs> yeah, I'll be doing two shows on September 20th as part of the Reach, um, the Reach Out Festival, I believe it's called. So I'll be doing two shows there as part of a festival. I think it's called the Reach Festival. And it'll be two shows of my show, Jokey Okie. Oh, man. September 20th, a week from Friday. Two shows, 7.30 and 9 p.m. Performing alongside such greats as Second City and Patton Oswalt. Ooh, wow. And as always, I have a new book out called Tribe Spotting, Undercover Culture Stories. It's all about my true life exploits going out undercover and infiltrating various aspects of tribalism in America. Everything from assault weapon enthusiasts to furries. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. And with that, my friends, thanks a lot for tuning in to Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. Yes, ma'am. I read you loud and clear. Yes, ma'am. This is... Yes, ma'am. This is... This is the present. Hey everyone, Scott here. You just finished our Comedy History 101 podcast. So you like comedy and history. Then you should try out our other podcast, This is the President. In every episode, I dig up some found audio from one of our presidents and play it for Harmon, who's never heard it before. Then we talk about it. From Truman to Trump, we cover all your favorite presidents. And not-so-favorite ones. You can also hear Harmon sounding off about current events and the state of America today. And, if you're lucky, 
You might be able to catch us reading customer reviews of Trump products on Amazon. You can subscribe to This is the President on iTunes, Google Play, Last.fm, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Just search for This is the President, subscribe, and together we'll make America great again. <laughs>